Welcome to the Take 10 Podcast with Pastor Don. I'm Don McGarvey, the pastor of Troy Mills Christian Church in Troy Mills, Iowa. One of my favorite Bible verses is found in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. Joshua and the army of Israel was heading towards Jericho. Jericho was the first city encountered in the Promised Land. It was going to be a test, a test like Israel had never faced before. Jericho was also to become an offering to the Lord, and, and it was to be a reminder to all, for all time, of the faithfulness and the greatness and the holiness of the Lord. Jericho was a marker in the history of Israel and their relationship with God. In chapter 2 of the book of Joshua, we read about the Israeli spies that entered into the city and their encounter with Rahab, a citizen of Jericho. Now, we don't know what kind of intelligence the spies gained, but it would appear that whatever they learned was helpful to Joshua and the military leaders in formulating a plan. Let's read Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword. Let's stop here for just a moment. What was going on? It would appear that Joshua and the Israeli army were headed to Jericho. I mentioned before that we don't know what intel the two spies brought back, but it would appear Joshua and his commanders had used this information to formulate a battle plan, and they were headed to Jericho to implement it. Let's go back to the scriptures. So Joshua saw this man, and then Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Now, I realize that there's some debate about who this figure was. Some say that God sent the commander of the armies of heaven to meet with Joshua. Most scholars, though, uh, and even though I'm not a scholar, I agree with them, that most scholars believe this was a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. In other words, it was an appearance of Christ prior to his birth or his incarnation in Bethlehem. We believe it was the same person who appeared to Abraham and Sarah and shared a meal and a conversation with them. I believe it was the same person who wrestled with Jacob for the entire night, and it was the same person who appeared in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, here he is as the commander of the Lord's army. God is always able to come to us with exactly what we need. One other thought before we move on. Did you notice that Joshua had to look up when he saw the man? I read something the other day that said that, well, Joshua probably had his head down. I don't think so. Joshua was leading an army, and I think he was probably on guard looking around to see if there was anybody watching him or if there was any details he needed to take care of. I think his head was up and he was looking around, and he came in and he encountered this man on the road to Jericho, the Bible says he had to look up. So I think that this was a pretty substantial man that he had encountered. It was Christ. He could come in any form. Now, I don't know exactly what happened here, but Joshua went up to him and he said, "Um, are you on our side or are you on their side? And I love the answer that this man, Christ, gave to Joshua when he's asked about whose side are you on. 
In verse 14, he says, neither, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Now, if you'll allow me to translate that for you, just a little bit different language, Christ's response was that he had not come to take sides. Instead, he had come to take over. (laughs) So now the question changed, not whose side are you on, but now the question is, who's going to be on your side? That's still the question today. Not whose side is God on, but who's on God's side? I had another thought about this passage. I think we know enough about Joshua to know that he was not headed towards Jericho without a plan. I could imagine Joshua and his commanders meeting together, perhaps even praying together, and then coming up with with a plan for how to take down the city of Jericho. I really don't think he would have just marched off without a plan. Plus, I think that all of his commanders were in agreement with the plan. They felt confident that God would bless their plan and give them victory. If you look into the next chapter, chapter 6, you'll discover that when Joshua sided with the man, Jesus, they continued towards Jericho. Jesus went with the army, by the way. And then the commander of the Lord's army laid out his plan. His plan was different than Joshua. We never find out what Joshua's plan was. Remember, Jesus came to take over, and it was only his plan that mattered. His plan was to walk around the city once each day for six days. The army was to be armed. Seven priests with ram's horns were to lead the procession with the Ark of the Covenant behind the priest. And then on the seventh day, they were to march around the city seven times with the priest blowing the trumpets. When the army heard the long blast on the trumpets, they were to give a loud shout. Well, once they did that, the walls were going to collapse, and the instructions were that the army was to go straight into the city. They didn't need ladders because the earth opened up and swallowed the walls so that it was a level path into the city. I've always loved this part of the book of Joshua. There are so many lessons here for us, but here's the one I want to focus on. How many times have we put a committee together, worked hard to formulate plans, and then before we leave the meeting, almost as an afterthought, we pray and we ask God to bless our plan. If we're honest, that's pretty much the way we operate. We're always asking God to bless our plans instead of asking God what his plan might be. We know from the scriptures that God's plan brought about a great victory for Joshua and the Israeli army. I wonder how many things in our lives would have turned out different if we had started off by asking God what his plan might be and how we can fit into his plan. When we plan, we can only plan with the current intel that we have access to. When God plans, he is able to plan already knowing how things are going to come about, and he's able to show us exactly what to do or what not to do. It's just always made sense to me. I need to ask God what his plan is rather than beg him to bless my plan. 
I hope it makes sense to you. So that the next time you have to formulate a plan, just simply start off by saying, hey God, how do you want me to go about doing this? What would please you? What would honor you? What would show your love and your grace and your mercy through this plan? I hope it makes sense to do that. And I hope you try that. And when you do, let me know how it goes. I would love to hear because I'm sure it's going to go much better than begging God to bless your plan. Hey, thanks for joining me today on our Take 10 podcast. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you might be listening on. Thanks for doing that. God bless you and we'll look forward to our time next week.